You're listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. the bookmark is that's past the middle that's past the middle that's past the middle we're still on rising action yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's still rising <laughs> the action is rising the action is rising would you be at the climax by now as a writer oh no 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 no. the climax is not in the middle despite what you would see in that like little pyramid chart that, that they you may do teach in you school. in middle school mm-hmm. the climax is much closer to the end it's more like a it's more like a cliff uh-huh. it's more like climax than like whoo you like dive off the action. Got it. <laughs> All right. So, everybody, welcome to a pod of Mass and Methods, a podcast where we dissect the work of Sarah J. Moss. My name is Marjorie, and while being a librarian and a writer and a huge reader, I have not read anything in the Mossiverse until this podcast. And I'm Allie. I'm a reader. I love fantasy. I love romance. I love other kinds of books too, but specifically fantasy and romance. I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't think I mentioned that before. Oh yeah, she teaches. Yeah, I teach. young impressionable minds. So that's the uh, why the future of our she's, no. I'm that's kidding. why she's the, a great teacher. That's why the future of America is so grim. Yeah, yeah. I do my best. Teacher. Um, and we're reading chapters 21 to 24 tonight. Yes, we are. This is our fifth formal episode. Oh my goodness! Amazing. We're really kicking it. We're halfway oh, yeah, we're, through the we're first chucking, book. We're getting it through it. Yeah. So welcome. To, to our podmast with a T. Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's do five sentence summary. Feyre sneaks into Calumni, a party she's not supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. No, that but that happened last week. We were in the middle of that. Yeah. Well, okay. You're just setting the first... scene. You're just setting the yeah, scene. Setting the and scene. Uh, she gets saved with air quotes from being harassed by a whole new person who wants to harass her until Lucian shows up. And then he kind of also saves her. Yeah. Okay. That was just in parentheses. All right. That was one chapter. (laughs) Okay. So that's two sentences. Um, She then decides that she wants to be pretty now Mm -hmm. and starts dressing fancy. Um, And then she shows off her paintings to Tamlin. And then she goes to Summer Party Run Fest and they make out. The end. No, we had a whole other chapter that was not covered by the I senses. know, but this is a five-sentence summary. Maybe that chapter doesn't matter. You, no, well, you started too soon. No, you I didn't. Sn- She's still at Calum 9 in this. I know, but you said she snuck there. That was that was already happened last mm, time. She was halfway there. No, she was there. No way. She's not in the cave yet with Lucian and all the ladies waiting to be no, banged. No, yes, she is. Because then the person saved her at the end of last week's episode, but we didn't know who he was. And I made a whole like, a bunch of predictions about who he was. Yeah, I don't think You're so. Wrong. You started a, you started a sentence too soon, so I'm adding one more. I disagree. And then there's a head on a fountain. Okay, there okay. we go. I had, a, I had to sum it up. I had to sum it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally disagree, though. I think she's halfway there. She's like in the field no, leading she's up to the there. hills. They're, they're she farting. runs into mysterious man, but then she goes farther into the cave where there's like, boom, 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 yeah, boom, she goes boom, farther. Ladies but... lined up. 
That's what I mean. She's sneaking in. I don't know. Because Lucian, he's got to be right at the, like, front, right? I am i don't know if you start in the right place. I'm okay. I'm just going to say. Summary. I disagree. Hey, Listeners, in the comments, who's right? I'm right. Allie or me? I'm right. Obviously. I started in the right place. Okay, we'll see. Editing Allie here. Two things. One, the Fairy Run Fest that I mentioned during the five-sentence summary is not until next week because I read one chapter too far by accident. And two, I'm absolutely right about Kalanai. Yes, it's the whole event, but I picture last chapter her walking through the fields towards it where she meets Mysterious Dark Fairy. And this week, she continues through the fields to the cave, which is the actual event where Tamlin and Lucian are. What do you think? All right, chapter 21. Okay. I called Bang the Spring out of me. Mm. I titled chapter 21, Feyre's Uninvited from the Fairy Orgy. (laughs) I was going to mention an orgy, but I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the summary. I'll Mm -hmm. start it in the Mm -hmm. right spot. (laughs) Please. We finish our conversation with the dark mysterious fae from last week okay we run into lucian he -hmm. gets pissed and explains more in detail about calumni which i don't understand why they didn't just do that to start with then i I have worries i know yeah i know i know too but i know why tamlin didn't Mm -hmm. uh and then Feyre goes out for a midnight snack and she gets to into a kind of sexy but also weirdly violent run-in with tamlin Mm -hmm. and that's the summary so now let's chapter discuss. Okay. So I was kind of wrong about this dude. I, he's not a, a romantic foil. He's a evil foil. He's a mysterious he's male. He's evil. He's a as predator, very predatory. Um, I, I'll save it. Should I save it? I'll save it for predictions. I feel like I know what court this guy's from. I think it's obvious after these four chapters. Okay. That you uh, think first you of all, I from. thought he was from the night court after this chapter because they talked about like his clothing being like. It looked like he was made from night himself and the dark hair and stuff. And then and violet eyes. And then we I'm had, sorry. and then there's stuff with the night court uh, later in the later in these four chapters. So I was like, oh, he's from. Yeah, he def- he like the description of him is very interesting. He speaks in a purr. This is kind of our new. We don't know his name yet, but he's our new character. Okay. Um, definitely reoccurring character speaks in a purr made like you said, made from night himself. He's like. He, he thinks he's too cool for it, right? He's a bit condescending, mm-hmm. but in, like, a neat way. Like, he likes to play with his food, he's I think. He's condescending, but he's also... She wrote, and I, I put it in quotes, that he radiates grace and ease. Mm-hmm. Which also makes him Tamlin's foil, because Tamlin has done nothing with grace or ease this entire time. He's he a is, fumbler. But, so it's like, he is a foil, just not in the way I predicted, where he's not, like, a romantic comparison. It's like, very obviously, he's kind of malicious, but he's at ease with his maliciousness where Tamlish is like he likes fumbling. being a bad boy yeah, he's fumbling through trying to be he's knicky a, pers- a person he's knicky <laughs> yes he is okay. but here it said that he was in a black suit all black suit so i looked up when suits are from and let me find it because i was like this <laughs> is bananas to me so the history of the three-piece suit can be traced back to the 17th century, so 1600s, when men began wearing coats, waistcoats, and trousers as a complete outfit. But the three-piece suit we think of today is a 19th century piece. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was funny that He's we're wearing knickers. Right. Maybe. <laughs> but I just thought it was funny that like everybody else is in like a tunic. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like, I'm picturing black on black on black, lapels. 
Ha- hands in pocket. That's something else. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I just thought it was funny that he's in a suit and everybody else is in these. I imagine if he's it would, like it would be modern. It'd be like tails or something. Maybe. Right? He's a business I boy. I don't know. Busy, busy business right. boy. So I got to say, Lucian shows up and then he speed runs Feyre back to the house. And I can't help it. I've just seen so many like tv shows where people running fast look so silly like twilight yeah so i'm just imagining this very silly like he's running like a normal pace but they're making the background speed around (laughs) so i was like almost laughing and it was not the fault of the book at all just too many bad speed runs yeah in in my life but he also is like you idiot you stupid mortal he's being so rude but also like saving the day Yeah. yeah i mean they said not to come and then he explains mm-hmm, calumni, mm-hmm, which one of your mm-hmm. predictions was right. Weird sex stuff. Weird sex stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This oh. is like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what's the book? Dan Brown book. Da Vinci Code, where they have the weird sex cult in the basement. I don't know what your book you're talking about. <laughs> but this also, I talked about fanfic tropes last week. Yes. Um, this also made me think so much of fanfic tropes. The like... They have to compelled to have sex for magical reasons. And then when they have their little interaction in the hallway with talking about like, sm- I could smell you and like scenting and a bite on the, I was like, this is fan fiction 101. Like in a, not in a bad way, as I've said before, I'm a you love fan connoisseur of, yeah. of fan fiction, but some of these tropes, I'm like this, some of these come straight, and straight of course, from that. Of course, some of them predate, I could get into the. The, the what is known as like the fuck or die mm-hmm. type of trope where you're sure. compelled to have sex for magic or science reasons that actually comes from star trek which is like the birth of modern fandom Vulcan, yeah vulcans have a sex ritual they have to do sure um so anyway i just i had to note it that i was like wait a second i recognize these tropes yeah and i mean lucian says all the high lords do it so like once a year they have to have this fairy orgy to make sure spring happens I mean, summer night if fairies aren't having orgies what's the point i guess I feel like that's a, i feel like when you say realm in a lot of things is like there's a sort of like decadence to it like mm-hmm. don't eat the food it's magic mystical and then it's also like kind of weird sex stuff i feel like i feel like that's like a fairy thing Maybe. it is <laughs> but i think the seasonal fairy thing is also common in like pg stuff like the tinkerbell no, true, franchise true, true, has true. they have to refresh the magic right and I if mean, something happens true. to the spring fairies I think when you have the fey realm in the adult world it's always just like a little bit like little sexy into this whatever yeah, yeah. i i agree <laughs> i i agree i gotta say Fair is jealous. She's very jealous she's that he's jealous. out there banging a rando. And it's I think, obviously, that's why Tamlin... UST. This is the unresolved sexual tension. There's the yearning. She's yearning, and he lied by omission. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to tell her this was oh, what yeah, happening. He no, he, di- he didn't want her to know. But then Lucian's like, if he would have smelled you, he would have wanted you. So it's like, is Lucian admitting for Tamlin that Tamlin actually likes her? Yeah. Because I, up until this point... I know it's a romance novel, so obviously, but up until this point, we don't necessarily know we that Tamlin likes her. don't know that, but I think as an astute reader, you pick it up because he's like so awkward sauce around sure, her. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and then also Feyre might, I think she's starting to know, obviously, because they've already had some like hand kisses and Moments. shit in the lake. Yeah. But also, it's like if you're going to like rationalize it away, it might just be because, oh, it's because I'm human and they, some other fairies were like really weird about thinking she was hot because she was human mm-hmm. so it's like she also could have rationalized it 
or someone could rationalize it in that way where it's like oh she's human that's why people absolutely whatever so let's talk about this Feyre going for a midnight snack this is like towards the end of the chapter mm-hmm. she has a run-in he comes in he has paint smudged all over his body which mm-hmm. i also looked up paint because i thought that was interesting <laughs> obviously she loves she it, loves it. <laughs> but paint painting on skin comes up over and over again in these books and many indigenous it is sexy many indigenous cultures of central and south america painted themselves body paint came from mm-hmm. indigenous tribes used to paint themselves to worship the gods so this is a ceremony to yeah. make spring come back or it's done on significant or certain aspects of a person's body to like signify something like you are a warrior you are this you are mm-hmm. that it is war paint on your face so i just think it's neat that this is more of like a tribal thing that they're now saying the fairies when they're in their mm-hmm. innate form you know, a little more. Yeah. Tribal. It's also, it's also sexy because it's proof of where you've been touched. Right. Sure. It's evidence. I like that you've said that. Yeah. We'll come back to that later in the books. I know things. You know things. I know things about. Is this sex. scene sexy or not? Like him punching the wall. It's his claws wolverine into the I... wall next to her face. Kira thinks it's sexy. That's the thing. I she's into it. I think it's a little bit violent. I mean, but if she's like, so, this is my safe word. So here's the thing. It walks this fine line because he's not acting himself. He is under some sort of magic that he is kind of being driven by his like, what is id ego, super ego, his his id? Alter ego? No. Well, you know, like yeah. there's three parts. It's like yes, your ego, yes. your, your id is like your, just your impulses, right? I might be mixing, mixing these up, folks. Right. I'm pretty sure it's id. But he's just being driven by pure impulse because of magic as opposed to how he would act in normal life. Sure. So he gets a little bit of a leeway. You, you get leeway because it's magic. It's like, this is how I actually feel about you. But he we wouldn't would traditionally I take, do but that. But I wouldn't actually treat you like this because in when I'm not under this magical ritual, I have this like sort of self-control and this like, I respect you and this. So you get like the best of both worlds because mm-hmm. it's like, no, he is respectful, but deep down, he wants you so right. bad. He's and because of yearning. magic, he has the excuse of acting a little bit wild. But he puts up, he stops. He, he, like, stop. he understands he what stop. he's doing and stops. He does stop. So I just, it's, it's when you have, when you have magic or some sort of alien science or whatever it is compelling in the, like the fucker die trope, mm-hmm. even though it's not death here, it's fucker lose the magic of your earth. Right. But the trope is called fucker fuck die. die. Um, when you're compelled like that, you'll get a little bit, you get a little bit of excuse. I like which that. Which is sometimes what you want in fantasy erotic romance yeah and i mean i like the fact that even though Feyre is very into this and she really likes it she um says a couple of things that i think still make her a very strong person one mm-hmm. i don't want to have sex with someone's leftovers mm-hmm. really like that and then she when called he, him sloppy seconds she did call him sloppy seconds and then when he says don't ever slut baby i gotta bet. yeah honestly <laughs> when she says don't ever disobey me again she's just like don't tell me what to do yeah and i love that because that line is not okay don't ever disobey me again i'm sorry i'm not and one of your like, minions oh, no she doesn't care like she she's not cowed by right. tamlin yeah that's Mm-mm. the thing and i think if she was this wouldn't be working out no but she's like okay like 
I'll just make jokes at your expense, asshole. Sure. Like, <laughs> do you have a quote you liked? All right, let me dig into the cat book. Okay, so I loved this quote where they're talking about the way that he is like kissing her neck, and I thought that Sarah J. Moss picked three very or Sarah J. Mass. I don't know which one it is. Three very um, intentional mm. adjectives or adverbs. Um, he kissed her intentionally, temporarily, lazily. Mm. And I, th- I uh, or sorry, intentionally, territorially, lazily. And I think those are very interesting things. And mm-hmm. I can picture a kiss like that that is both lazy mm-hmm. and intentional. Mm-hmm. What did you All have? Right. I picked, this is favorite thought near the end of the chapter everywhere i wanted him everywhere i was drowning in that need wow that's a sexy line that is a sexy line uh, everywhere Wowza. i wanted Wowza. him italics everywhere, everywhere. <sighs> i was drafted that need. i was yeah. like okay that's spicy spicy that's stuff. i only like spicy stuff in fiction yeah i'm an asexual queen so this uh, is a good sentence though for you but yeah so it's like for me I like romance and sometimes erotica in fiction, but it's like, I think I'm a little bit more picky because of my sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. So if it's like lazy or I'm like, I don't think they would actually like each other. It doesn't work for me, but that I was see. a good line. I felt Feyre's yearning. Good. She yearning. Yeah. She was definitely was yearning. Written. Okay. Okay. Chapter 22. Chapter 22. This is my chapter. The title I gave this one. None of them compared to Twenty One's title. Honestly, they're all very short chapters this mm-hmm. week. Pharaoh's visual diary. Uh, <laughs> I put Pharaoh's glow up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this chapter, it is the next morning, uh, and Pharaoh's like, Tamlin, I'm gonna get on his nerves. <laughs> so I'm going to be petty as heck." And she shows up for breakfast in an outfit. That shows off the hickey he left on her neck. And Tamlin is being petty right back. Um, but that kind of turns into an argument. But like an argument. And then they're like, ha, ha, ha. We're like, we're just verbal barring back. Just messing. Other. Just messing. It's like, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, Makes himself scarce. I wrote apology and roses. Yeah. He left her roses, but they're not red roses. Right? Yeah. They're white roses. They're white roses. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I do actually like that better um favor does her glow up she's in a dress find out alice is from summer court um she has a big dining room entrance in her new dress oh this is when lucian makes himself scarce he's like i'm (laughs) out of here (laughs) i just remembered i have something incredibly important to do (laughs) so they have some symbolic moments like um shortening the table Mm -hmm. with magic and because that was kind of really important earlier in how how expansive it was Mm -hmm. also when she looked in the mirror with her eyes, she was like, they're my eyes. They're not my mom's. They're not my sister's. So that was also an important moment. Big um, symbology. Yeah. Um, then she takes Tamlin to her painting room. And he seems to really get her paintings, like, just by looking at them, which is cool. And he wants a certain one of the snow. Um, and then they relate to each other over being caretakers of people. Yeah. Sorry. I feel like that had a It's a good right. summary. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, a lot of... It's like not a lot happens, but a lot happens in the details. You get a lot of information in that chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, You're right. I love that she's petty about the bruises. Mm -hmm. 
I love that she paints a picture of them as pigs. And I was like, there has to be fan art of this. So I found it. Katie the Clever Crow on Pinterest posted this. And I'm going to turn my computer. (laughs) I freaking love it. They've got their little masks on. (laughs) I think it's perfect. Um, it's definitely one's a blonde and what's a redhead redhead. <laughs> sure. She did it well. Um, so I really like that. I was like, I have to find this because I'm sure somebody has done this. Um, I will also say, uh, oh, the flowers. I looked up giving flowers, which has been a gift since the ancient Roman empire mm. and ancient China. Like they would give flowers to convey feeling, including saying, I'm sorry. Well, white, white flowers, white roses. They're not red. Yeah, They're red not- is love, pink is like, yellow is friendship. What's white? What his mom planted in the garden oh, outside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like purity. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I think red roses would have been too much. I think something about like white roses where it's just like. It's sweet. It's, yeah. It's very sweet. It's sweet. Um, I, I think your point about her being comfortable a couple weeks ago comes back with her deciding to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. I think like. It's okay to be a survivor and, like, a tough girl and also want to look cute. Yeah. And I think that this is her moment of, like, I'm comfortable enough that I don't have to fight or run. I also... It's a fiction trope. I also think... She's admitting to herself she likes him. Yeah. And so she wants him to... Like her. Like her and look at her in that way. Yes. Where before, it was just like... What's going to be the best place I can run away in? Like, I need some pants for that. And now she's just like, hey, I'm cute. Get over it. And I think this is cute, like, made of, you know, lady bonding moments. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the doing the hair, the talking while we're doing the Mm -hmm. hair is, like, really nice between her and Alice, I think. We learn a little more about Alice. I feel like we knew a lot of it anyway from the last time they talked, but we get more detail for sure. I thought that was really interesting to find out she's from the summer court. Yeah. And that she, she had to leave that to work somewhere else to, to get a good care. job. I'm like, what's going on there? I wonder. But I, also I wonder think, if I, we'll I wonder find out. On, but you have to think it can't be as contentious as some of the other courts if she's working here and supporting someone living somewhere else. Right. She's like allowed to send money back home. Right. You know? Right. I want, like, who's watching these kids, though, if they're younglings and she's gone? And she says that, what, her sister and brother-in-law died 50 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. 75 years ago, I don't know, 50 years ago. So the, they're still little mm-hmm. kid fairies, but I guess old enough to stay alone by themselves? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's interesting that she took him to the painting room. Obviously, that in itself is symbolic. She's, like, opening up her inner world. And it's obviously she, these paintings have really detailed her feelings in her life. Yeah. And as an author and like somebody who gets critiqued, right, you Mm -hmm. know that that's very personal. It is. It's very personal. And she obviously always criticizes, like, I could never paint that. Mine aren't as good as these ones over here. So she already kind of underestimates herself. And she painted a picture of Tamlin of his world. Yeah. Which is cute. And it's so... They're not just like it's showing something you painted. She's also showing the paintings are about her life. Right. And I thought it was very telling when he was just like very quickly being like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. This is like he recognized these elements. And it's like, oh, he gets her in this very almost intimate way. But it's not only is he like appreciating her art, he's understanding what she's trying to say and what the parts of her life are. 
Yeah, I think, too, it's showing us what they've been through when it we keep having time jumps where they're like, and Tamlin and Feyre have been going out and about and talking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now we know what they've been talking about mm-hmm. her life because he knows what the woods look like. He knows Isaac in the barn. He knows blah, blah, blah. Um, but I also put that Tamlin makes a note that the only one with any light is Isaac. And she's straight up like in her brain. I'm not apologizing for that. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You just banged a rando last night. Yeah. Like yesterday. <laughs> like, what do you want from mm-hmm. me? Um, so the uh, other Court of Thorns and Roses podcast, I have to bring this up. LPN Deep Dives. They have this hysterical theory. I don't agree with it, but they have a hysterical theory that Feyre is a terrible painter. <laughs> and that uh-huh. like all the painting is just like stick figures. And they're all like, oh, good job, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to her painting. But obviously I think she's an acclaimed artist. Mm-hmm. Who can make pigs look like Tamlin and Lucian. I don't know. He takes the one of the dark woods. That's metaphor, right? Yeah. He's like, I accept you as you. He's appreciating the part of her that made her. Yeah, true. It's it's not the girl who's in the dress. It's this is the girl who hunted for her family and took care of her family. Right. And I have she pretty clearly states he does. I have two things about that. One He's like, I want to come home and know you're painting and safe, which I hate that because like 1950s housewife and what if she wants to go do something fun? But two, he's like, I've taken many lovers and none of them get what it's like to care for people. But then he mentions like princesses and I'm like, Mm. I'm pretty sure they would know what it's like to care for people. I think he might mean it into this much more dire situation. Mm. Like he is trying to take care of people. He's obligated like Pharaoh was. He didn't want to be in this position. He doesn't want this job, yeah. He doesn't want this job. He wasn't meant for this job. He has forced to be a fighter. She was forced to be a hunter. Neither of them actually like that role mm-hmm. that they've been put in. Um, and it's like under dire circumstances, he's dealing with the blight and just failing and watching Faye die and having to kill other Faye. And she was like in this situation with this like hateful family suffering i think it's like caring for people there's probably other people who cared for people but it was like you get what it's like to do it almost miserably Mm, like begrudgingly begrudgingly in losing circumstances yeah Yeah. i like that i think that you've enlightened me there that's very helpful because i was like you are i was like i don't quite understand the, like this one sentence, but I think I now understand. It I mean, better. not all princesses are characters. Yeah, that's yeah, true. A lot of them be... are just royalty. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. What do you think about the pocket realm? I love it. This reminds me of the scene in Cinderella where she pulls her wand out of thin air, like how he disappears half the table, mm-hmm. and he's like, "It just went into a realm." Well, yeah. I mean, that's classic magic, right? It's classic magic. We'll see how that pulls off in the bigger universe. Yeah. I don't know. I was fine with it. I was like, fine, shrink the table. I don't need to. I personally, as a reader, don't need to know where the things go. No. But some readers do need to know where mm-hmm. the things go. So. I was just like, okay, he magic the table shorter. Sure. Cute. Because yeah. close together, it's supposed to far apart. It's symbolic. I was more interested in the symbolism than the yeah. like magic. Okay. It went into the room of requirements. That's where it is. Okay. It's gone. Okay. You have a quote? Um. Okay. This is when she's talking about her painting. She said, 
There they were, all the wounds I'd been slowly leeching these few months. Yeah. It's so art therapy what she's doing. So art therapy. All the wounds I'd been leeching. Ugh. It's really great. I would say Sarah Moss, sometimes she uses some really great verb choices. Yes. There have been a few times when I'm like, I don't think that's the right word. Like, a few chapters ago, she talked about the Nagas whirling towards them. And I'm like, I know whirling apparently cannot mean twirling as well. But it just made me think of them just like going, woo-woo. Unlike <laughs> Five Tasmanian uses, devil. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, she sometimes she uses some very nice um, verbs. Yeah, I typically like her, her verb choice. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this um, line from when Feyre is walking into dinner in a dress for the first time. And, like, Mm -hmm. she almost turns back. And this reminds me of, like, when you get a new haircut and you don't want to go to school the next day Mm because everybody's going to be like, I like your haircut. Or you got your haircut. So her quote is, I could feel the full weight of Tamlin's undivided attention on me. But I always want everyone to recognize my new haircut i do not if i make any different choices i don't want anyone to ever notice every time i wear these glasses and people are like i like your glasses i'm just like they're such good glasses when they say i like your earrings they're like which one am i wearing today of course you do of course you like my earrings thank you all right let's do chapter 23 we've really made it okay Chapter 23, I called Removal of the Rose-Colored Glasses. Mm. I called it, with this inflection, Grandmother Willow? (laughs) I put her in my notes. I put her in my damn notes. That's great. All right. So here's the summary. Tamlin and Feyre are going on day trips, getting to know each other better. Tamlin takes the glamour off her eyes. Farah rediscovers this world that she's been already living in for six months, and then they find a fairy's head on a stake in the fountain. Fun. That is the basic gist of this chapter. Mm-hmm. So again, Lucian starts by making himself scarce. Mm-hmm. Tamlin and Farah going to fields, and he's like, "I'll let you hear the willows sing if you give me a kiss." This is very Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Maybe Frog Prince, you know, something like that. So were you, I mean, are you expecting this, that he's going to take this glamour off of her and all the shimmers that she's been seeing out of the corner I, of her eye? I, I, you know what? I hadn't expected it. I expected the shimmers to be a very particular creature, maybe, mm-hmm. following her around. I didn't realize it was going to be like this whole universe. ordeal. Because you were very convinced that Tamlin's court is almost empty. I was. Yeah, I love that. I love that because I think I was at first, too. The first time I read it, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that, like, up to this point, you have not known that, like, Feyre was seeing actual people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't. Um, I gotta say, he kisses her on the eyelids. Cute or weird? This is also something I feel like happens. I don't know if it happens a lot in fan fiction. I feel like it happens in romances. I think it's like a, I think it's like a palm of the hand kiss, like very intimate. intimate. It's like a very gentle part. I don't want anybody to kiss my eyes. Forehead fine, cheek fine, palm of hand. I'm okay with, but still weird. (laughs) My eyelids. I don't know. I don't want anybody kissing my tears away. I don't want anybody kissing my eyelids. Mm -hmm. Very strange to me. Very strange. Um, she like the the fall gets taken from her eyes. And she, like, reaches up to take his mask off. And she's like, I just want to know what you look like. Meanwhile, 
Dude's like 500 years old. You're telling me there's not one portrait in that manner of him before this mask was on? It's only been on for 50 years. I don't know. Where are the portraits of the ruling family? They're in the West Wing. Where are they? <laughs> They're in the West Wing. I'm really upset about this that nobody has thought to be like, oh, here's a portrait of Tamlin. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, maybe. Do people not paint portraits of fairies? Clearly they have to. There's none of him. No. Unbelievable, Sarah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I... I was a little convinced when they were like going to nap time under the tune of the willow singing that danger was going to be afoot because sure. I feel like I've read too many fantasies where people fall asleep with trees and it's like in Lord of the Rings it's dangerous the trees the I wrote that trees you fall asleep in and the roots swallow you up I wrote that the trees can be dangerous and or talk the ends in Lord of the Rings. I wrote that in Narnia, they say the trees are listening. I wrote down Grandmother Willow. There's a lot of connections. What? Macbeth. Macbeth. There's a lot of connections to like trees existing in a magical way, a magical force. And when you see a tree that's 250 years old, you actually believe it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, trees that are 40 years old look nothing like trees that are 250 years old. 250 years old, like the bark makes them look like they have faces. You're like, yeah, Grandmother yeah, Willow's up mangled. She's real. The branches are so heavy. They're like hanging to the ground. Especially trees that have not been like, I feel like we see so many trees that have been like um, pruned. Sure, sure. Because they're near houses. They're near power lines. But when you get to see one that's just like does its own has mm-hmm. done its own things for years and years and years it's like oh that's what a tree looks like okay okay but why does pharaoh fall asleep is this like a poppies situation like is her brain so tired from this magic well tamlin said first before he um he's like unglamored cr- her that like oh the tree always makes me sleepy so i guess it's just sort of like a lullaby I'm oh because obviously it turned out not to be malicious i didn't fact. pick that up so i imagine it was just like you know, imagine you're like laying on the grass and you're listening to the birds sing and you're like, and you kind of fall asleep. So I imagine it was something, or when you hear like, again, a place with lots of trees and you hear the wind go through the leaves, it's like, especially a it's willow, like white noise rustling. Sure. So it's yeah. like taking that. I also got to say, I just talked about the birds. She talked about hearing the birds and it's saying that they, um, oh wait, that's my quote. I think the singing it. of the birds became an orchestra one of gossip and mirth i was like birds that would be birds those little gossiping <laughs> bitches gossip and mirth that's a bird yeah that was right my there. quote from the chapter i loved okay. it so much i thought it was like i stopped it and rewound like the as i was listening i backed up 30 seconds to listen to oh, it yeah, again that's also the one i put a star next to oh we really we, that's funny that this is going to be the second time that we've picked a quote the same exact quote but birds are gossipy and, and mirthy the Mockingjay? Will you tell me anything else that a bird isn't gossiping mirthfully? Well, this leads us actually into the next topic. She skips ahead in time, and Alice is in her room. Oh. Alice is made of bark. We already know Alice has a bird mask. What are maids but the gossip of the castle? Mm. Very interesting that she says gossip and mirth, and then we find out that all the maids have yeah. bird masks. Also, that weird jump. Also, maybe it's like something weird going on with the trees, but then it wasn't. Strange. Okay. Yeah. It's just like we woke up because we haven't been time jumping until last week. Yeah. We have been day for day for day. And now it's, oh, a couple months passed. Oh, mm-hmm. you fell asleep and something passed. So this is very new. Mm-hmm. But she says that gardeners, 
that she's now seeing have on insect masks. The maids are birds. We already know the stable men are horsemen. What what are the cooks wearing? We never find out. I right. just want to know. What are they wearing? What what are they? Lobster. They're a lobster. I mean a cow. This is absurd to me. Yeah. I mean this is some 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 things we learn in the next chapter, but yeah, I, is or is it all in the end of this one? No, it is. It was the, the her waking up and meeting Alice is the next good skipping ahead. No, that's this chapter. No, it's 24. Oh. She falls asleep and then and then it's Alice in the beginning of 24. Editing Alley here. This is where I'm realizing I read too far and I'm going to have to come up with quotes and chapter titles on the fly. I'm very sorry for all of my obvious confusion. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess I l- listened to too much. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh so let's we already said our quote. Then let me do chapter 24. Okay, the chapter title I gave for this one was Head. Hmm. <laughs> what did you give it? Perseus and Medusa. Still head. So we find out she wakes up to see Alice, that she has been glamoured to see the appearances of people differently. Yes. Um, that there's a whole bunch of fae she has not seen um, just working around the spring court. So to be fair, they are seem to be mostly like servants and not like members of the court. Very good pool. Also, it's interesting because now you see more of a distinction between the high fae and like the rest. Right. The like the high fae are very humanoid. And then the other ones are not quirky. Right. Um then they go out. Uh of course she has a reaction to this. Who wouldn't? Um and we learned that the blight is acting up in other territories. And then we go and there's an impaled head on the garden fountain. Um, and it has a brand of the night court on it. And this is a quote unquote prank to say they are sort of circling like, haha, look how we can get so far into your territory. Right. Um, we learn a little bit about Tamlin's father releasing slaves. And Sarah being like, you're not like your dad or brothers. And that's chapter 24. Which she doesn't really know. You don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like this chapter. I, I guess I read farther because I thought that this was way too short. But yeah. It was. Every chapter was so short. I think this is the most egregious thing Tamlin has done so far. Like, there's like a one hand I get. He's probably like, I need her not to panic when she shows up and she doesn't know what the fae look like. And there's so many of them. And she's surrounded. And, and she hates it, them. And she hates them. On the other hand, the embarrassment of knowing everything you've been doing has been witnessed. And you're not just walking around, talking to yourself, whatever. What if she, like, picked her nose or, like, farted really loud yeah, when she thought she was by herself? Yeah. I hate this. I hate this. Trying to sneak out. She's, like, climbing down the lattice, going for the puka. Yeah, Obviously, everybody's like, like Tamlin, your stupid human's acting up again. Right. But I think there's a lot of, um, honestly, she underreacts. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would freak the fuck this is, out. This is a third act complication where you're like, actually, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. You're lying to me and now I'm embarrassed. Um, lying to her the whole freaking time. Yeah. 
Um, interesting twist. But uh, I think there's like a lot of implications with now the Night Court. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get a thing that some of these, you know, the Fae that have been coming over, either if they belong to the Wild or they belong to another court, he has not been able to glamour them. So there's a question who do the naga belong to which i would think the night court because they're dark and creepy but maybe no who's the head of this innocent victim maybe the night court is also antagonizing other courts Courts. at the same time maybe they're responsible for the sickness the blight possibly i also am wondering all right so we saw the guy at the fire festival as i call it um mystery man which you might be under the impression that he he's a high fae because he couldn't be glamoured and I think my first inclination would be he's the high lord of the night court but I'm wondering if it's actually a high lady of the night court who is the she he's just like he's a minion he's a minion he's like in the royal family or whatever but he's not the high lord like yeah. he wasn't shirtless ready for an orgy he was just dressed re- for a, a regular orgy as he was ready for store. a business meeting honestly yeah, <laughs> honestly so i'm wondering obviously i'm pretty sure he's from the night court and they're gonna be kind of our kind of a main villain at least for this book as we move on because they're the one actively causing some of the problems sure um they're very sadistic i think like planting ahead somewhere is fine um yeah. I I mean I like the the this whole imagery of this head on the spike at the top of the fountain. I I like that blood is like flowing down the fountain into the water and Lucian has to like slosh up the fountain and then come out carrying this head. That's gross. I don't know. I like I feel like they're gruesome. I feel like these people are just like used to killing so they're just like, "Oh, here's a head." Here's another head. But why doesn't Lucian vomit at this head? What's going on there? that's true he was no maybe he was upset at watching someone die but like is comfortable seeing someone yeah, like, dead seeing a body part is different than like seeing someone mutilated yeah i yeah i think um i, I just really like this scene of lucian having to do the dirty work here because you're right there aren't other court members available yeah there's no there's servants there's servants but there's no like yeah courts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love it and i don't like i I Farah is upset because it's 60 feet from her bedroom. She she says out loud, this is only 60 feet from me. And mm-hmm. Lucian's like, yes, they're sending us a message that they can get to you. But why do they want her? There's something with this human. We know if she's important somehow. Yeah. I don't know. It's deep to me. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Okay. Do we have quotes? Oh, we also found out that they're the northernmost court versus oh. the southernmost court being the spring court. So the, the night court is the farthest from the human wall. I put Lucian is talking about the night court. Oh, he also picks on Feyre for kissing, for, like, kissing Tammy. He's like, if I gave you the moon on a string, would you kiss me, Farah? Like, I like that he picks on her. <laughs> Tamlin and Feyre sitting, sitting in a tree. That's exactly what he's doing. Okay, so... I, Lucian is describing the night court and he says they're all sadistic killers that live by their own rules. And I just like that line because I think he is trying to counterplay who the night court is with spring court. Right. And um, we already know that Lucian is from the autumn court. So I am assuming maybe he has more knowledge of multiple 
right. like evil courts, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I like that Lucian, he's not playing games with her. He tells her about Callum Nye. Mm-hmm. He makes himself scarce when he needs to. He tells her what's going on with the night court. And right. Tamlin is clammed up in a corner. What do you have? Yeah. For quotes? Yeah. Is that your quote? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked this one because it's very straightforward. Um, the next morning, I found a head in the garden. <laughs> it's kind of mood whiplash. Like, yeah, it is. Like, it is. Like so straightforward, but it works because it's like so audacious. It so is. I really like that lot. I also, you brought up, I forgot, before we close this out, you brought up the humans walking out. And this is so Jewish exodus to me. Like, they were slaves. Uh-huh. They walked out. She's like, were they happy to go? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes. Right. <laughs> like, they picked up and they walked away. That, right. to me, is very Jewish exodus. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, we have done it. So, am I supposed to list my predictions? Well, I have a couple things. Oh, okay. Do you think Tamlin loves her? Or do you think he likes her? Do you think he's trying to like her? Because that's how I feel right now. I would say it's too soon to love her okay i think he likes her i think he i think he finds a genuine interest in her Mm -hmm. i think he he actually thinks she's good looking she doesn't think she's good looking but i think he thinks she's good looking sure i i think he i think it's almost like a respect like he has for her like i saw what you went through like it used to be like oh you are so it was so pathetic like early on it's like oh you should have seen how she was living it was like pathetic and now it's like Oh, like I see how you were living, and also you're like so strong-willed, right? Like it's like it didn't break you down. Sure. So I think I think he has a certain amount of respect for her. Good. Which I think is a good basis for <laughs> anything friendship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so my next one is you've kind of already pointed to the fact that you think the night court is mm-hmm. going to be the foil or, or the bad the bad guys of this book. Why are they opposite the spring court instead of opposite the day court or the dawn court? I'm not sure. Not sure? I'm not sure, but that's, yeah, obviously that's not what I predicted before. Yeah, I like it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the lack of vitamin D. <laughs> they don't have enough sun in the night court <laughs> if it's night I'm all the time. With. They're just like, I think they're so far that, that they're so far away from the human world. It's sure. Interesting. Like maybe there's like less respect for it. It's like. Maybe they're pissed that the spring court let the slaves go. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the night court wants the human slaves this, back. Maybe the night court was one of the places that had to give up land to some of these other courts and they moved above the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like they're much more ruthless even to their own kind. Imagine how, and, and we hear that they're kind of ruthless to human slaves that it's like, I feel like they just have an attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, why is why do you think the night court symbol is a mountain and three stars? Why isn't it like a moon? Because it's three stars. <laughs> so that's night is it's stars. Like it's probably. Okay. I mean, it's maybe it's up near some mountains. Maybe it's in a mountain area. I don't know that yet. I, I've got to go back and read the map. <laughs> um, and then stars are nighttime. Okay, I feel like a moon's too bright. Okay, stars. Maybe are a moon. Darker. A moon. Is moon only reflects sunlight. Sunlight. Maybe. It's only representative of the sun, whereas stars show in the night. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, are we going to do some ratings? Yes. Yeah. Because all my predictions really are already said already about the night court and Naga and this and that. So. Okay. Ratings. Okay. You do one. 
Okay, I am giving one pig painting to Tamlin for lying by omission about Callum Nye and then saying that Farrah can't obey orders. All right, I'm giving one cleaning bill to the night court for garden maintenance. Mm. All right. I'm giving five fully attached heads to Lucian for reading the room. Mm. I'm giving an abundance of high fives for all the spring court fae for going along with Farrah acting like they weren't there. (laughs) (laughs) Like someone could have tripped her. They could have. They could have done a whole lot of mischief, but they just kind of like, we're like, whatever. We're just going to keep to ourselves. Yeah. Let her you pretend. Know. Pretend we're not here. Meanwhile, they're probably like dodging her with like trays of food, <laughs> like yeah. trying to get her out as she's like, like running the halls. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love to think like there were other people trying to help with that. The fairy dying from the summer court and, and their fairy like comes up to help and they're like. We were here. We were they're like the doctor fairies or right. something. We're right. actually okay. helping. Okay. So we're done for this week. Next week we're gonna read twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. So chapters twenty five through twenty eight chapters they actually are. I, I think know. these are a bunch of other a bunch of sh- kind of short chapters yeah. again. I just went I just went too far. I mean they were so short. Was, I was just getting also so like antsy. thirty pages. Yeah. Because twenty five to the end of twenty eight is 220 to 284 so it's like 35 pages okay so again we're in this like rising action situation probably i cannot wait until the thing happens everybody you know what i'm talking about i can't wait for it is the thing the plot (laughs) no No, that's not there the plot (laughs) plot is what happens in the story and things have been happening it's mostly a inter character plot right now perfect there's only three characters in this whole fucking book apparently there have been a whole bunch more this whole time i cannot Um. believe that tamlin's like sure hang out with alice that's it but yeah i think uh um, make her not look like a tree i feel like i feel like I feel like there's a lot of like paranormal romance, fantasy romance that kind of have this structure where it's like first half of the book is about the protagonists and the world. And then the villain shows up near like mm-hmm. two thirds of the way through. And you're like, oh, right. This is there. Yeah. Also, I didn't say I did look up bark skin fairies. They while it's in other books and stuff, it's not lore. Okay. It's not like old fantasy lore. I mean, I feel like there's also a lot of like tree, like dryads. Sure yeah yeah there are no i'm saying sure like yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i agree i agree tree mm-hmm. built tree built creatures okay everybody mm-hmm. we will see you next week happy reading happy reading You've been listening to a pod of Mass and Methods. We're a sister podcast to Her Story on the Rocks, independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. Join us in the Massiverse by reading along each week. All of our contacts and socials are available on HerStoryOnTheRocks.com. See you next week.